Hello there. Welcome to the Christ Covenant Sermon Talkback. The Sermon Talkback is a chance for pastors and members of Christ Covenant to process the sermon, ask questions to the preacher, and more practically apply the content of the sermon. If you have a question for the Sermon Talkback, please text it to the text to pastor line at 678-951-9041, or you can ask through Twitter by tweeting to Jason directly at Jason Edwin Dees. Enjoy. Welcome to the Sermon Talk Back. This is Jason Dees, back from vacation, back from uh, preaching overseas. Lou, you were overseas preaching a little bit. Where'd you go? First, I went to Brazil, and then I went to the motherland. I was in Italy for Oh, a week. man. Not <laughs> Scotland. Not the true motherland. say motherland for you. Yeah. Yes, of course. Motherland for me. <laughs> I'm joined by the Italian stallion Lou Priolo and by Tara, the formerly known as Tara Shikadance Thompson. Tara, how are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm excited that's, to be here. I'm so glad you're here. Um, wait, where is your, I mean, Shikadance, that's uh, like German. Yeah, German. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Is it, is it not Czech? Nope, not Czech. There was apparently a big German uh, department store called Schickedance. Oh, man. So you're like... It's a big deal over there. You're like the Mr. Macy of Germany. Kind of. Apparently, yes. Yeah, that's amazing. Well, I'm uh, really excited to be talking with you guys today. Lou, you're married. How long have you been married to Kim Priolo? 35. That's impressive. Yeah. Tara, y'all been married a little while now. What, three? Just two. Just a little over two. Two. Okay, two. Yeah. Okay, well, you know. Two is good. And then uh, Paige and I, we celebrated 10 years this year. Can you believe it, Lou? Wow. 10 happy, happy years. But uh, we started our series on marriage last night called Great Marriage. We talked about God's purpose in marriage. It was more of a topical sermon, really, than kind of a biblical exposition. Just looking kind of this big idea, big topic of God's glory and understanding that our singleness that our marriage, that everything in our lives ultimately is about the glory of God. So just kind of general thoughts, comments, guys, as we get started. So just like you said, and you even said this in the sermon too, you were like, here's my two big points. And I know I'm a simple guy, but two points, glory of God in marriage and glory of God in singleness. And, you know, glory of God is kind of this Christian cliche phrase that we say all the time, but why don't why don't you clarify for us, really, what does it mean to really give God glory, or just what is the glory of God? I think I think it's kind of what I was saying in the sermon last night, like the Copernicus moment. You know, the, the, the when your when your heart, when your actions, when your desires are realigned in a Godward way rather than a selfward way, um, or toward anything toward any other idol. When when God has captured your mind and your heart and your desires he is most glorified i mean it's kind of like what uh john piper says mm -hmm. god is most glorified in us when we are most satisfied in him and so when you've had that copernicus moment and god all of a sudden is at the center of your story and god is at the center of your life and you're satisfied in pursuing god then what does that mean well it means you'll obey god right so reflecting God's holiness, reflecting God's order, reflecting God's design brings him glory. And you'll also be on mission for God. You'll, you'll seek 
that God and his name and his fame will be known throughout the world. And so you'll, you'll join his mission. Uh, and ultimately, the mission of God, the mission of Christ, the Great Commission, is what? It's about making disciples, which is what? It's about having, ho- helping people to see who God is, their need for a Savior, so that they may, through faith, have their hearts and minds turn toward God. Again, have the Copernicus moment and realize that God is ultimate and at the center of all things. You know, the interesting thing about this, Tara, is that if I just said, Tara, Lou, you are not at the center of the universe, right? You are not the most important being in the universe. I mean, cognitively, we all understand that, right? But in terms of practically how our mind actually goes and drifts and what we how we practically live, we kind of live as if we're the most important character in the story. And so, you know, I'm hoping to see a shift away from self toward God, and I think that's what brings God glory. I don't know, you want anything to add to that, Lou? Well, first thing that comes to mind is uh, the Bible says, he who offers praise glorifies me. So I think when we are thankful um, in our hearts, I think that when we publicly uh, give God credit and uh, thank him for what he's done for us, I think that's good. I, I think as we are changed from one level of glory into another, as we behold Christ in the mirror of his word, as we become more like Christ, in other words, that glorifies God. Um, Jesus said, men shall behold your good works and glorify your Father, which is in heaven. So I I think there are a a handful, more than a handful, really, of things the scriptures say that um, point to how we can glorify God in a practical way. I always think about the opposite. What would the opposite of something be? What would the opposite of glorifying God be? And, you know, there's a sense in which God is not a person, so he can't be embarrassed the way we can be embarrassed. But it really helps me to think, is what you're going to do bring honor to God or is going to embarrass him? Yeah. You know, and, you know, I think that's important, too, that we conduct ourselves in such a way that God is brought honor and glory rather than a humiliation because of what we do or don't do. Yeah, it's good. I mean, is what you're doing um, bringing shame on the name of the Lord? Um, or he's a embarrassment. So mm-hmm. that's good. Um, well, we talked a lot about single people. Lou, you're a counselor. Um, how many people do you counsel single versus married? Well, here at Christ Covenant, probably close to 60% of the church is single. So right now I'm counseling a good percentage of people. Yeah. You were single for, you know, 10 years of your adult life. I mean, mm-hmm. is that right? Yeah. Tell me about that time. I mean, tell me about like, you know, you were growing in Christ during that time, but yeah, was that yeah, a, you, the, you said something in the sermon yesterday that was that was so true. I really wanted to. I wanted to say Amen and stand up and, and you say something. Should have done it, Lou. We were waiting for you. But you know, I I'm so busy now. I have I have a wife. I have grown children. I have ministry. That time when I committed my life to Christ when I was 20 years old to the time that I got married, I think at 30 or 31. I was uh, uh, I spent so much time in the Word, reading God's Word, memorizing God's Word. Mm-hmm. You know, I've never had the uh, amount of time to 
cultivate uh, my walk with the Lord as intensely, as compactly as I did. And that shaped your whole years. life. Oh, my it? whole life, my whole ministry. I mean, today, you hear me quote scripture sometimes. 90% of the scripture that I memorized, I memorized back then. I, I'm embarrassed to tell you how much I've forgotten. But mm-hmm. that's what God used to really um, prepare me for life and for ministry. Because you know, I, I just... I just basically marinated my my mind in God's word. One of the things, I, yeah, I said maybe this is what you're talking about, where I talked about like it, you know, at best or at worst, single people in Atlanta are using their alone time for sinful things. At best, a lot of single people are watching Netflix or whatever. Mm-hmm. But what if, and I just want to say, as single people listening, you could leverage your time for knowing God more deeply, more yeah. intimately, and and using that emptiness that aloneness gives you. I mean, there is a sense when you're all alone, your heart and mind are going to drift somewhere. You're either gonna open up your phone and look at ESPN.com, or you know, you're gonna you're thinking about something. And um, and what I would like for me, and I'm, I'll be honest, like guys, this is not always true of me, but I would like for my mind and my heart to, to begin meditating on God and on His Word in those moments. Um, it's, it's, and it's to much use that more, time to yeah. actively pursue God also. It's much more difficult to, to, for me, and I think for most people I've met, to, to meditate on God's Word um, when you're married and you have other responsibilities. If you can do it when you're single. Now, I, I will say, it, you know, it's, it's much, um, you need to redeem the, those years, those moments. Now, I will say, you know, when I went through this, I did not have, you know, cell phones and internet and things that could distract me. I actually, for a period of time, just unplugged the television and just really made sure that I could focus my attention on that. And I remember uh, there was this definition of loneliness that would uh, kind of float around in my mind. It's not original, but the definition was loneliness was God's alarm clock, his smoke detector, as it were, to let me know that it's time for me to draw closer to him. And so I would use those moments of loneliness um, as a motivation to um, cultivate my walk with the Lord. You know, I would talk to him in prayer. He would talk to me in the word. Yeah. And there weren't really many days of loneliness during that period of my life because I was so involved in God's word. And like I said, hours every week. But I'm just so thankful uh, that God uh, worked it out for me to be able to use that time in my life to um, to grow and to internalize God's word. You know, you know, that's I love that little like loneliness is God's alarm clock or whatever it is. But um, yes, the good of loneliness is that it should drive you to relationship with God and with others. Like it should drive you to relationship mm-hmm. with God or even sometimes others. Like if you're lonely, don't just wallow in your loneliness. Join a community group or go out and make a friend. It's going to take some courage. And it's going to take some humility, but yes, let your loneliness push you toward the things that pleases the Lord. Let your behavior be without covetousness and be content with such things as you had. For he himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Yeah, it's good. Tara, thoughts? Well, I kind of wanted to add to the loneliness thing. I think... I just wanted to kind of give a heads up to those who do feel lonely and are single. Just because you're married doesn't mean you still can't feel loneliness. Um, I, you know, moving to Atlanta, Graham and I did not have any family here. It was a really big change for me, especially because we'd just gotten married. 
And obviously I had Graham by my side, but I did feel lonely in the sense of just female community around me for a good season of time. And so just a heads up, there's still a striving toward community, even when you're married and you still have to make that sometimes. Sometimes I, I tell my single people who are struggling with loneliness, you know, it's difficult being lonely when you're single, but I've counseled lots of people who are married and they're lonely because mm-hmm. they're in a marriage that's not what they thought it would be. And it's better to want what you don't have than to have what you don't want. A lot of times yeah. people who are single are tempted to, to just jump in the first relationship um, just to, to ease the pain of the loneliness without mm-hmm. considering whether or not it's really the kind of relationship that the Lord would want them to be in. And the next thing they know, they give their heart away and the person mm-hmm. is either not a Christian or the person is not really walking with the Lord. It's questionable whether he's got serious character flaws. So, you know, it's really important that we don't allow loneliness to um, pressure us. Drive us to sin. some sort of a yeah. false yeah. relationship. Right. It's better to be single and wish you were married than married and wish you were single. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like, I like what you said, more what you don't have than have what you don't want. Right. Yeah. So Jason, your last section, you, you brought us into the, how do we make this happen? And there, there were a couple things you said, like we just talked about when you're single, instead of being on Netflix, be in the word. What about just more day to day practical ways to glorify God in whatever relationship status we have? Yeah. Well, I mean, I think that, first of all, I talked about the how is how, how is any of this possible? Well, how, it's, it's, I think, starts with the gospel. It's understanding who you now are in Christ. It's understanding what God in Christ has done for you. And so I just think, you know, as a Christian, our Christian life isn't completely this, but it must begin with meditating on the gospel. I think that even Bible, even good things, Bible study, prayer, not soaked, saturated, service to God, not soaked and saturated with a gospel understanding can become legalism, self-righteousness, mm-hmm. all this stuff really quickly. So that's really what I wanted to get at last night, begin with the gospel. Now then practically beyond that, once I understand who I am in Christ, then I don't, you know, then it becomes the normal like Christian disciplines. But, but here, here how my understanding of like being involved in a church is different uh, as a gospel-centered person than as just a like righteousness, self-righteousness-centered person. Mm-hmm. So as a self-righteousness-centered person, I may go to church because I need community. Uh, I may go to church because I need to get some good things out of the sermon. Uh, I may um, go to church because I want to feel good about myself, right? So again, as a gospel-centered person, as someone who realizes that I and my sin have been ruined and am called um, by Christ to know God, now all of a sudden I go to church as a part of the bride of Christ. I go to church as a part of the body of Christ. And so now I'm engaged in what is my place in the body and how am I serving the body? And there's an incredible purpose in that. And I'm there to please my Lord as a reaction to my Lord. I go on mission, not just because, you know, I want to feel good about doing this or tell my friends or post on Instagram, but because I actually, knowing who I am now in Christ, feel called to the mission of God. And so the, the, the how practically is doing the things that we always talk about. It's being engaged in a church, being a member of a church. It's being on mission. It's being in a community group. It's reading your Bible. It's prayer. It's, it's the normal 
Christian private and public disciplines. Um, but the, the, the real how, the motor, if you will, the engine behind the how is, is gospel saturation of all of those things. Church activity or Christian activity divorced from the gospel um, doesn't ultimately lead you um, to holiness or to the glory of God. When it's saturated with the gospel, it removes that self-righteousness barrier. It removes that legalism barrier. And you actually become, as Christ was, someone who's motivated for your Father's glory. Hmm. So, so I guess that comes back to 1 Corinthians 10, 31. So whatever you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all for the glory of God. Yeah, or do everything in the name of Jesus Christ, right? Yeah. I'm... I'm I'm doing it as Christ would do it, right? Um, and how do I do it as Christ would do it? Because of what Christ has done for me, right? Mm -hmm. And so I understand the implications of the gospel because I've been called into this thing by Jesus. Um, I mean, just if you really want some like kind of nitty gritty nuts and bolts things, like how am I pursuing, for example, we talked about pursuing the holiness of your partner in marriage. Okay, mm -hmm. well, one of the things very practically we talk about here a lot is family worship. Am I reading scripture, praying with Paige? Um, okay. As I do those things with her, it is going to, I pray by the power of the spirit, stir in her a desire for the things of God and shape the way that she then is a wife um, and is a mother and is, uh, you know, a church member and is everything else that she is. Um, practically, you know, as a single person, um, okay, well, how do I pursue the glory of God in my singleness? You know, I would say, it's kind of what Lou was saying earlier. How are you leveraging the time that you have as a single person? Uh, what mission are you on as a single person? What kind of relationships are you pursuing as a single person? Are the, is that time, is that relationships that are making you desire the pleasure of God more or vice versa or, or not, mm -hmm. you know? Uh, so, I don't know, anything you can add to that, Lou? Well, First Corinthians 7, it talks about um, he that is married cares about the things of the world, how he may please his wife. He that is single cares about the things of the Lord, how he may basically serve the Lord. So I think when you're single, we talked yesterday at staff meeting about life. Life is ministry. And the truth is, for most single people, there is more available time to serve uh, the Lord um, not only more time to work on your personal relationship with the Lord, but more available time to serve the church with the gifts and abilities that God has given you. And I'm just so encouraged when I see single people around here yeah, amen. that just give a lot of time It's cool without expecting anything in return yeah. because they just love their church and they love the Lord. And I think they realize, you know what, this is good. You know, I'm going to do this. Some one of the great reasons that you serve the church and get engaged with the church is just to avoid temptation. Um, set yourself to do something good and to do something that is right, and it'll it'll keep you away from a lot of things that can tempt you the other way. I have one more question that you may actually, um, sorry, you may want to take this out. I don't know. I don't know if it's a good question or not. Sorry. Your only part you have to edit, Chaps. Um, so I have one more question, Jason. I just thought of this. Um, last night you were talking about um, how we pursue holiness in our partner. And then you also said in dating relationships, the man should walk away uh, having 
helped her become more holy. I Well, and I think the same is true for the girl. Yeah, sure, sure, because they're a brother and sister in Christ. Right, yeah. Um, however, I do just want to hear your thoughts on, due to, like, advice that Graham and I received when we were dating, What what's the balance of, like, not not claiming the role of head over her too early? I mean, like, we had advice that said we should not necessarily just go to the same church together because we were dating, that we should independently pursue the Lord because there's real, there's no real like definition of dating in scripture. Right. Yeah. So what's the balance there to keep it healthy? Yeah. I think that's a great thing. I mean, I I think that husbands have spiritual authority over their wives. Men don't have like spiritual authority over all girls. Right. But as a guy, as I am pursuing a girl, not as her head, not with any sort of formal authority. Okay. But I want to be leading and showing her that I am a guy that can be a husband. Okay. And so I want to be demonstrating the ability to lead, even though I may not be her leader. So I would never obviously like demand my girlfriend if I was dating someone to come to my church because I have that kind of authority. However, I would want her to know that I have intentionally pursued membership in this church and I'm serving in this church and I'm doing it because, you know, I'm a leader and I'm purposeful and mm-hmm. I, you know, and I am trying to please the Lord in this decision. Yeah. So I want to be demonstrating those things to her, um, without, um, without, you know, trying to take any authority that God has obviously hasn't given me. Now, one of the things that I would say to guys that, you know, obviously, me pursuing holiness in my sister in Christ, that's something that applies. Like I should pursue your holiness. Like Mm -hmm. I would want when you and I hang out for you to be more holy, even though we're just friends, even though we're just coworkers. Right. Right. So that's not, that's not strictly a dating thing, but I would just say as dating, because you're so tempted to be selfish, because you're so tempted to sin sexually, et cetera, and all these things that because the self-fulfillment ethic that I talked about, I would want to go into my dating relationships thinking, okay, this is my sister in Christ. And if she's not your sister in Christ, guys, you shouldn't be asking her out. <laughs> so I would want to be saying like, this is my sister in Christ. Therefore, how do I treat her in such a way that's going to bring out purity and holiness and godliness in her? Um, and, and I would say you should, you should have an extra level of intentionality not that i wouldn't want to have it with any other woman or man or any relationship but there's an extra intentionality that you kind of have to have going into dating because it's a risky business mm-hmm. is the word discipleship too strong of a word i mean i would i would see myself in those situations as the um person who as a man has to take the initiative and the leader i would see myself in a position of wanting to disciple at some level, the girls I was dating, not that were that many of them, <laughs> but, um, you know, and I think for the, for the woman, if not discipleship, then just to, to challenge her, to assist, you know, the, the man in his walk with the Lord, where that's uh, biblically appropriate to do so. Yeah, I mean, I, I, part of me, like, is like, I don't want, like, to make dating seem lame, where it's just like a discipleship thing. So, but, Yes, I want to love her as my sister in Christ that brings more of Jesus out in her, which kind of is discipleship. Yeah. And especially if you're the more mature person. Right, but we're not implying that, like, 
you can't go to the movies together or go bowling <laughs> together. Like you just have to like, you no. know, sit down and read one of Lou Friolo's books. And that's like <laughs> the extent of the dates that you can have. No. Um, yeah. So yes, I mean, the traditional discipleship may mean like sitting and reading and talking about a Bible pass together, which actually is probably something that you should do together as a dating couple. It just that's something that you'll be doing together in marriage, I hope. And so is that something that you can do? Do you enjoy doing together? Let us consider how to provoke one of those to love and good works. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But at the same time, like, I think it's totally appropriate to take, you know, late guys, to take girls out on, on dates and have a good time with them, take them to dinner, go do a traditional date, just so long as there's like a couple of boundaries in place. And I could talk about that on a, another podcast. That might be a good podcast to just talk about what do you do with Christian dating. But the general principle is pursue her holiness. Mm-hmm. And if you're doing that, a lot of other things fall in place. I had the opportunity years ago to work in the dean's department of the Bible college I graduated from. And, um, and we would teach a course called Christian Character Development. And in it, we would teach principles of, of Christian dating. And uh, we found that, and we would encourage the men especially to take the lead, but we found that when couples spent lots of time, um, lots of time in prayer and Bible study t- together, it really served as a catalyst to uh, their emotional and spiritual intimacy. And so the thing you have to remember is, um, you know, spending lots of time in God's Word, spending lots of time in Bible study could actually get you closer sooner than you might be ready to. Mm -hmm. So I would just caution you uh, not to be overly righteous in that area because you could find yourself in a situation where you um, get closer to that person sooner than Mm -hmm. you may have planned on. Well, and I think guys can use the Christian card too. They know a girl's looking for a godly leader or whatever. No, they wouldn't do and that. And they can use the Christian card too to kind of like get her to trust them quicker, which I would say, guys, that's a little bit of that is taking the name of Jesus in vain. It's mm-hmm. using the name of Jesus to manipulate a situation. I mean, it can be that. So just, mm-hmm. it's just be cautioned there. I think a good dating verse, um, come magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. I think if you keep that in the back of your mind, that will kind of give you some parameters as to what you should and shouldn't do in the dating process. Good word. All right. Final thoughts on God's purpose in marriage. You got anything, Tara? Um, last thing, that, that's actually Graham's in my wedding verse, Psalm 34, 3. It's in the middle of my wedding ring. Cool. Glorify how, the Lord with me. How about you? Anything, Lou? What's your wedding verse? I don't know that I, I have a winning verse. To me, the, the, you, you the, pagan. The, <laughs> you, the biggest you, challenge is, and the hardest verse in the Bible is loving your wife as Christ loved the church. That's a, that's a mm. daily, uh, a daily thing that as a husband I have to. Ephesians five is a tough chapter if is. you really think about it. Yeah. It begins with be imitators of God. Okay, so just okay. There you go, guys. Go imitate God. Go <laughs> go do as God does. All right, we'll see you next week after that. No, but actually we are speaking of that. We're talking about Ephesians 5 next Sunday. So I hope you'll be with us on Sunday. For Tara, the former Shikadance Thompson, and Luis Palau Priolo, I'm Jason Dees. Thanks for listening.